Hello and welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. On today's episode, I'm joined by my good friend Jen to talk about some of the games we've been playing and some of the games we're excited about, especially Thwarted and Near and Far, which are on Kickstarter right now. Hello, audience members who are listening. <laughs> we finally got to do a podcast together. It's been way too long. Yeah. we. How long have we been planning to do one now? Probably about four or five months. Yeah. 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 Something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. But finally! <laughs> yep. So... What have you been playing lately? Well, as you know, <laughs> we just finished a game of Shadow Rifts, which yes. was awesome. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Shadow Rift is uh, actually a pretty recent favorite. I, I just got it last week, actually. And I've already played it, I think, three times, or four times, technically, because we played it twice today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the game itself is a cooperative deck builder. You don't see too many of those, which is interesting, but... It's it's a lot of fun. I like the cooperative aspect of it, and it is pretty brutally like difficult. It is. It's really hard. We lost within like what two rounds or something like that. Two or three rounds. It was just whatever cards got up there right in the beginning. It was like you lose if this uh, condition is met. Yeah. Out of all out of all the monsters we were battling, the first two were if you meet these conditions, you die, and yeah. we died. Pretty much. And so the game itself is uh, about defending a town from monsters. So these shadow rifts have opened around the, uh, the this town of some sort, and then can we name the town? Let's name the town. We can name the town. We should name the town. Hmm. Why don't you think about what the okay. name, name of the town? You keep is? thinking. You <laughs> keep explaining, and I'll think of the town name. There we go. So. The, you have these, this town that you're trying to defend, and you have two ways of defending it. You will either close all the rifts by sealing the shadow rifts, or you will build walls, all eight walls around the town to make it an impenetrable fortress. And around the town of Starsburg. There we go. Starsburg. I like it. <laughs> so uh, the way that you do that is each, each time you set up the game, you choose the enemy. You could have fire dragons, demons, drow, uh, storm uh, giants, I think, and a few other kinds. And when you have them, you have certain recommended uh, tactics against them, which uh, you can uh, you can choose your own um, equipment and other things like that that you can buy. But they give you a recommended like, spread of what type of. Uh, thing you should get uh, to fight these kinds of creatures. Yeah, it's really nice because depending on whichever you know monsters you decide to battle, like they give you a little tip to kind of help you out. Just, I mean, it's really small, but it, it is really nice to have that little tip. Being like, so the second game we played, it was, hey, you probably shouldn't build too many walls. Instead, we've got some really great loot cards that you can mm-hmm. use to take advantage of. Yeah. So you you build your own character, which is your deck. And what you build in there is you get add prowess, which you use to buy things, uh, coins, which you use to buy other things, um, and then magic, which you can use to either cast spells or seal uh, shadow rifts. Uh, and then you also get your wounds in the deck, which means that you know you can't get to those other abilities. And you also get skills, which can be used uh, multiple turns as long as you keep paying to keep them out. So one of them that Jen used today for a lot was bamboozle, which bamboozled. Uh, yeah, which removes the the bad villagers, the infiltrators from the village, 
which is nice because you both remove the infiltrator and you get a coin. <laughs> so um, that's that's pretty cool. I'm the sheriff in town. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then you also have um, game. Uh, you also have uh, parts of the game where. Uh, you're acting together with both with anyone who you're playing with. So every all the heroes act at the same time, and it's up to you to choose. Like you know, you might do something that gets you a coin, and then you give that coin to someone else. And coins are the only resource you can share. So you can't share prowess, you can't share other things, but you can give each other coins. Um, and so you might have a certain order that you want to do things in, so that everyone gets the biggest benefit from their cards and and anything that they have in their hand. So, and all the while you have these monsters that are breathing down your back and like going from one step to the, the next. And you can, you can plan out your actions, which is really nice on the monsters. They tell you what is their first step, second step, and third step action. So you can try to actually, you know, stop them from getting those actions. Um, so there's that. The walls themselves actually can give you benefits in slowing down the monsters moving. You can get them to stop. You can defend other things and... Um, in general, I think it's a very, very well done game for, especially as a co-op deck building game. Yeah, it was really great. Mm -hmm. So, our I think my favorite, our hero of the villagers was the merchant who gave <laughs> us a free coin every time. Um, he was yeah. he was a good a good little partner there until he died by monster. Yes, we grieved his death. So we ended up in the second game. We ended up saving the the town. But we saved a town of three people. It was the mayor, uh, the farmer, and the explorer were the only three people left. Mm -hmm. Two of them were women. One of them was man. So I'll let you make your conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we did manage to save it. We sealed the Shadow Rifts, even though there was a ton of monsters out there. And it, had we gone, I think, even a single turn later, yeah, it, we, we would have died. died. So... Yeah, I, I highly recommend the game. I think Shadow Rift might be actually coming into print again. There's a second edition, from what I hear, coming oh, really? out. Yep, yeah, I have the first edition that I bought at a used game sale. Mm -hmm. uh, at Labyrinth, actually. Um, and so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if they're, like, w what kind of changes they do in the second edition and um, if they start doing any kind of expansions for it because that would be really interesting to have other kinds of monsters other than the six types that they that they have in the base game mm -hmm. plus uh anything else so i'm really looking forward to that yeah and you've been playing with your roommate as well a lot in yes this game. yeah we've played tw we played twice the, the day that we opened it and we're just like oh this is actually a lot of fun and we lost the first time got burnt to death by fire dragons uh and then we won the second time against uh, i believe the glaceon so Woo -woo. yep you froze the fire-breathing dragons. <laughs> I wish. But, yeah, and then yesterday we got to play The Resistance. I think it was your first time playing, right? Yeah, um, my very first time playing The Resistance, and it was a blast. Um, so I, I'm not a big, f like, I'm okay with social deduction games. They're, mm -hmm. they're okay. They're not my favorite, but I'll play them just because, you know, there's a big group of people. But this one was a lot of fun. Um, I know it's kind of a tried-and-true game for some people. Yeah. Um, but this was my first time and I really liked it because nothing is ever a hundred percent and there's a lot of ways that you can actually like, you can't, even if you're telling the truth, like, you, no one knows for sure. Yeah. And which is great because like, like werewolves, you know, you know that there's one person who can always tell the truth sort of thing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm talking about One Night Ultimate Werewolf. While mm-hmm. The Resistance, it's, I don't know, I really liked it. We yeah. played a bunch of rounds. Yeah. And I think that what I think we even saw a very big difference when between the first round that we played, where there was very little talking, like you know all that, yeah. And then the second round, we we included the Inquisitor module, yes, which really added some very interesting dynamics because with the Inquisitor, uh, the person who's the Inquisitor gets to look at someone else's card, and they get to say, you know, are they the spy? Are they the uh, not the spy? Mm-hmm. And so. You have that, but then do you trust the person that uh, is telling you that they are the spy and aren't the spy? And so it becomes this whole like big mind game, and it's just it, it's really interesting. As much as I've played a lot of One Night Ultimate Werewolf, One Night Ultimate Werewolf Daybreak, and Vampire, I think I still will always come back to the Resistance, especially when you use some of the other modules. The base game itself is all right. I think it's it's a decent game to play. You add the other modules, you add that little bit of com- uh, complexity, that little bit of additional fun mechanics in there. And I think that that's where it really becomes the um, uh, the real game that you want to play. So so I think that we, we both really enjoyed that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how certain people take on kind of certain roles for the group. Mm-hmm. Like you and then uh, my friend Josh kind of almost automatically every time was like, hey, we need to do this and trying to like figure out the logic. <laughs> and the rest of us were just kind of sitting there being like, what gives you the right to say <laughs> that you know what's going on? Um, there would always be that moment of like, wait a second. Who, who is this person that's telling us what to do? And then us turning on them or not turning on them. Um, yeah. It was really interesting. It, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so. exactly. We had we had definitely points where uh, the last game that we played, I almost had, had them uh, <laughs> believing that I was completely innocent. But then, like, one Inquisitor check and, like, and it was done. And I, they found me out as the spy. Yeah. So... I thought it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that we got to play it. Mm-hmm. But we also played another really fun game last night. Bang. Bang! I yeah. said a bang, bang, bangity bang. I said a bang, bang, bangity bang. <laughs> Woo! That is a How I Met Your Mother reference for those of you who don't know. <laughs> well, that would include me. <laughs> <laughs> but Bang, unlike How I Met Your Mother, is all based on spaghetti westerns, which one thing that I noticed yesterday that was a really amazing touch was that the cards were also in Italian. Mm-hmm. Which, like, when you have someone in the group who knows Italian, <laughs> makes it even more fun. <laughs> yep. Yep. We had uh, Jen's friend Sophia in the group, and she uh, was reading the cards in Italian, which was cool. But the reference to Spaghetti Westerns, I thought, was on point. Um, so I had actually heard a lot about this game. Um, I had a roommate all the time when I was like, oh, I like to play board games. And she was always, her big thing was, oh, I play Bang all the time. It's so much fun. And I was like, that's great. Like, I haven't played it. And it turns out that it's it's great. It yeah. is a really fun game. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a lot of fun. I, I definitely enjoyed it. It has some very interesting uh, mechanics. and Yeah, because uh, it's like a social deduction game, but there's an added where you have cards mm-hmm. that... So you have a specific role, and then you try... And then dep- you try to fulfill your role by the cards that you draw. Yeah. Um, and you can only hold as many cards as you have life. Mm-hmm. Which was also an interesting mechanic in there. Which life is symbolized by bullets. Yeah, that's the one thing I was just like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I guess to defend your life? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. 
but uh, but yeah, so it, you you hold the cards and you use them. They can do anything. They can hurt the entire table they, uh, unless they discard a certain card. Um, and you're either on the side of the sheriff or uh, the side of the uh, outlaws, or you're all alone on your own side. The renegade. The renegade. Which so. the first game we played, I was the renegade, and it was. It ended up that the out. No, yeah, because I managed. We managed to kill all the outlaws first, which yeah. was you and someone else, and then it was just me, the renegade, against the good guys. And I held off for quite a while. I think everyone else in the group was probably annoyed, but I was like, I'm not going down without a fight. It's not <laughs> happening. The only problem was that you revealed that you were a renegade a little bit early. Yeah, I thought the game was over. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it was it was quite enjoyable. I'm I'm looking forward to especially comparing this game to Bang the Dice game, which I also got recently, but I haven't been able to play. So I'm really curious how dice would work in this setting. Yeah. So with when you basically you have a set amount of cards that you get, and one card gains you life, and that's the beer card. You can gain life by drinking beer. Yeah. Then there's um, the mist card where if someone tries to shoot you Mm -hmm. um they actually miss Mm -hmm. um and then there's like bullet cards no the bang cards the bang cards cards. how could you know and you try you try to kill people um with the bang cards and then in between those there's all these other types of cards that you can either um increase your shooting range or you can have a barrel that blocks people or you can have a mustang good old handy horse that makes you much farther away from people than they think than than you actually are in the game um and one of the things like the the cool part is that you it actually matters who you're sitting next to yeah because the range is just at first your range is one which is just the people to your right and to your left unless they have certain like the mustang card but then you can get guns that give you a range of up to five so that can pretty much hit anyone at the table mm-hmm. um and I think that just those augmentations like are pretty interesting. Like you know, the hiding behind the barrel, or like getting rid of someone's card, or stealing someone else's card, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and again, like social deduction games, like I don't know, they seem to repeat themselves. But this this was a different, and I liked that um, with the added cards. Where didn't one time you were the sheriff and you never got another beer card yeah. to get life the entire game, so he could never. <laughs> gain more life every time an outlaw shot him and he couldn't block it yeah exactly it was just like it was a ticking time bomb at that point i was just like you know going down life going down really slowly managing to somehow survive but they finally got me (laughs) and then the second game i managed to die with a stick of dynamite Mm -hmm. And then someone had to go, and so I hopped in for them, and then died within, <laughs> like, not even before my turn. <laughs> so, I, I died twice. Yeah. It was, I was just a double walking zombie <laughs> in the Wild West. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, we played both of those games. Um, I've also been playing some other games uh, back on, uh, in D.C., and... That includes Islebound, uh, which is another game by Ryan Lockhart, who um, from Red Raven, Red Raven Games, who does Above and Below, um, and he uh, that game is a lot of fun. I, I liked it. It's it's pretty much you're you're going around these different ports and you're trying to get a certain number of points, um, and 
and you're just you're gathering all the points through different ways you you're, you can get them through building buildings uh you can get them through um completing quests you can get them through uh, like, uh you can create alliances with certain ports and things like that you can conquer ports as well um and it's it's a really fun fun little game that uh, that you can uh play around it takes about like an hour hour and a half and I really enjoyed it. I got the Kickstarter, and um, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm glad that I got that. So I've played Above and Below by them. Mm-hmm. And what's... City of Iron. City of Iron. And so is so those games are based on, like, creating your little town or your mm-hmm. little people and, like, making resources. Yeah. So is that what this one is, too? Like, is this, there a lot this of resources? One is, yeah, there's a lot of resources. Or not as many resources as those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, really, the only resources are wood and fish. Uh, wood and fish yeah wood and fish wood wood to build your boat fish for other things oh wood and fish not wood and fish no (laughs) um and so you can get those in different places but you can also there there's some like knowledge stuff in there and then there there are of course as in most of these games the people that you recruit to your ship okay so i think that that's a pretty standard thing in his games that especially in this this world of, of games that he's building so and just the artwork is just gorgeous. It's just beautiful. Yeah. There's a very specific style to it. And it's just beautiful. And it's the same over... So uh, if you play City of Iron, Above and Below, uh, Islebound, and now the game that we're going to talk about a little bit later, Near and Far, uh, all of these games are in the same world. So they have the same art style, the same creatures all through it. And uh, I really like that. Uh, it's it's beautiful art style. It's one of my favorites for sure. Mm-hmm. But I have been playing another game that also has an amazing art style, and that is Scythe. So this is a game that I think I've talked about a few times, probably when the Kickstarter was out. Um, and the way that this is uh, was made was that uh, Jakub Rozalski uh, is an artist in Poland, and he put up this uh, artwork from uh, his alternate history of the 1920s. So after World War One, and uh, World War One was then fought with like mechs, giant mechs made by Nikola Tesla, um, because why not? Uh, and these are all just like you have these serene scenes of like you know the countryside or something like that, a forest or people like building something, and then in the background or like involved in some part of it is like this giant mech doing <laughs> something, or like there are people shepherding like. Uh, sheep or goats or something like that but they're using these giant mechanical legs to get around so kind of like steampunk it's sort of steampunk yeah but okay. it uh yeah it uses some i think that the these machines are all pretty much steam based so uh, he made this artwork and then uh jamie stegmeyer of stonemeyer games uh, he got in touch with uh with Jakub and he pretty much offered like hey i want to make a board game out of this artwork so they started working together the kickstarter itself made i think 1.8 million dollars or something along those lines um well i remember you showing me the video mm -hmm. and it was just so pretty yeah it's it's definitely i think honestly i think that the the this game site is the nicest the like the most beautiful game that i have ever played like the artwork and it's integrated into the game as well because you have these encounter cards which are pretty much the way that they do them the the encounter cards is fun because they don't give you a description of the encounter in text you just see like what your character came up on and sees like whether it's 
you know, uh, you see some other people in the distance, and then you have choices written down on the bottom about what you can do. Oh, neat. So, like... Almost like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, so, like, one of them, like, you have a bear and, like, some other people. So, you you play characters that also have animal companions, pretty much. Hmm. Um, and one of them you see in the, in the background, like, there's this other group of people, like, waving at you, and there's another bear there. And one of the options is create a bear cavalry. <laughs> yes! So, I want a bear cavalry. Like... Yeah. So I mean, like you don't actually get units or anything like that. That's a bear cavalry, but you get specific bonuses and you get you get a um, you get resources based on what you did. No, I want to ride a bear. Um, <laughs> so the game actually integrates the artwork really well, I think. Um, and the game itself, the production value is beautiful. They have the uh, the miniatures of the mechs and everything like that. The miniatures of the actual people uh, who you're playing. It was really cool because they they had so many stretch goals. They were able to um, create different meeples for each faction to be Ooh. like workers. So they actually are not regular meeple shape. There's like some that have uh, more traditional ish type uh, you know uh, hats and things like that for for the and poses. So that's a lot of fun. And the game itself is a really interesting combination of being a warlike game. And also being a um, a worker placement type game hmm. because you have the fighting, which uh, can give you points and all that, um, and you're trying to defend your territory. But at the same time, I've seen people win without a single shot fired. Oh wow! So you can like not build a single mech, you can not do anything, and still win. So there are different strategies for this game, and it's all based on territory control um and uh, so whatever territories you control and have workers in that's where you can you get resources and then uh when you get the resources you have to control them keep controlling them on the actual board in order to be able to use them and you use them to upgrade your board to keep uh to you know create more uh workers to uh to do a lot of different kinds of things um and the boards themselves are slightly different, so the uh, the actions and the way that the board is laid out is also very a bit different. So, uh, wait, so are you creating the board as you go? No, no, you have a board. Okay, uh, like I mean, each person has an individual board. These are just the player boards okay. because you have the board that's the big map, and then you have your player boards that are like uh, give you your abilities and that kind of stuff, okay. and like the actions that you can do. And the actions, like the uh, top row action that you can do, because there are two different rows, the top row action that you can do and the bottom row action are in different orders on different players' mats, hmm. which is really cool because it gives different playability, different play styles, so each one of those is, is really catering to a different play style. Um, and so that's why you can actually win without having the, the max or anything like that. And you can also, so the point of the game is to try to get these stars on the board, which are achievements almost. So getting full, uh, up to the top of the, um, the might uh, track is one achievement. As, long, as soon as you get that, you get the star, and then you can, uh, you, it doesn't matter if you stay there. Same thing with getting to the top of the popularity track. Uh, you get uh, stars for winning in combat. You get stars for completing objectives. You get stars for... Uh, Upgrading your entire like military or uh, with your country. bear cavalry. 
<laughs> among others. Um, and uh, you get stars for all these different things that then add up. And uh, wh- once you, someone places their sixth star, the game is over and you start adding up the points. And the points are based on... Ter- uh, like One thing is you get a certain number of points um, based on the popularity. So if you have popularity, there's 18 popularity total on the track. If you're within the first third, so the first six popularity, if you only have six or below popularity. If you are unpopular. If you're unpopular, each of your stars is worth less, and each of your uh, territories they control is worth less as well, and each each pair of resources is worth less. Hmm. So, for resources, it's uh, if you have less than six, there each two resources are worth one. If you have uh, between six, uh, or you, if you have six. 7 to 12, so it's 6 and below, 7 to 12. If you have 7 to 12 um, popularity, then each resource, each double, uh, two resources is worth 2 points. And then if you have um, uh, 13 to 18, they're worth 3 points. And then you just collect all the money, uh, because these are all coins technically. You collect all the money, and you get to, uh, you figure out what your total is by totaling up the, the coins that you have. Hmm. So... It's a lot of fun. I think that it's a really well done game. It's definitely a longer game and definitely has a lot of things going on. You have to keep track of a lot of different things between moving your, your people and where you're producing. You can't do the same actions twice in a row, so you have to keep track of that as well. Hmm. So there's a lot going on in the game itself. And No, I can't wait to play it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You've been talking about it for months, so I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah, I'm, uh, it, it, I think you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been playing that as well. Another game that I wanted to do a quick shout out was Dead Last. I got this pretty recently. It's a game by uh, Matt Grosso and uh, Andy Patton. Matt Grosso is actually one of the people who started Washington. Uh, and I got to play this uh, with him last year when I was still in prototype mode. Hmm. And I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a social deduction game. But it's not one of those games where you have a certain track. It's not like the resistance where you have to like choose people and then like pass or fail that. What it is is very, very simple, which is what I like about it. You are sitting around the table with people and you're making eye contact and trying to, you know, nudge, wink, wink, nudge, nudge at someone. And then everyone uh, plays one color card of someone that's around the table. And you, ha- you have all, all the cards for everyone at the table. And you play that color card, and then everyone reveals it, and whoever has the majority uh, pointed at them dies. And anyone who has, was not in that majority also dies. <laughs> and then you're trying to be the last person standing. And it's all about communication, like nonverbal. Like you can talk and everything, that's fine. But you know, if you say, "Oh, I'm going to kill Jen," uh, to everyone else at the table, Jen's just going to place the card that me- that when everyone uh, kills her, uh, she gets to kill someone, one of us instead of dying. So, which is an ambush card. Hmm. It's a very simple game, very easy to learn, and I think is a lot of fun because of the fact that. It's, it's very untraditional in that you're just making eye contact and trying to, you know, secretly communicate with the other people around without the person who you're trying to target knowing. Uh, so it can be, it, it was really fun. I played it uh, at my birthday uh, get together last week. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and the last game that I really wanted to talk about was Crazy, crazy Cards. I got to play this once, or uh, I think we played one round a few weeks ago. 
This is another game you were really excited about. Yeah, because it's pretty much Mario Kart in a board game. <laughs> uh, it's Mario Kart Double Dash in a board game, where you are with a partner, and you're sitting across from each other, so you can't actually communicate as to what you're going to do, and you have to try to communicate uh, or like guess what the other person's going to do, because like one of you has the ability to steer, one of you has the ability to increase the speed, and that kind of thing. But you can't turn unless you have um, enough points in turning that is hi- uh, to make it higher than your speed. Hmm. So it's if I sped up and you tried to turn but didn't have enough points, that's a waste of uh, waste of cards. And you look at me, you know, sideways like, why the heck did you do that? Hey, come on, we were trying to turn and go that way. <laughs> <laughs> is it like a race? Like you yes. turn? Okay. Yeah, it's a race. You're, you're trying to get to the end, and it's two, made of two rounds. One is a shorter track. One is a longer track. Okay. And you're working with uh, with your other player, and then uh, based on the results of the first track is what order you get to place down in the second track, and how many bonuses you get. Okay. And so, how many people can it play? It can play up to eight people. So four teams? Four teams of two two people. And it can play with odd numbers because it does have a lone wolf cart, <laughs> which is a, a, has a different way of adding that variability to the, uh, okay. to the actual game. Mm-hmm. So that's that was also a really fun game. I know that some of my friends borrowed it for a little while, so I hope that they got to play it with a little bit more because we only played with two teams, and I think it's... It, it's it will really shine when it goes to more than two. But look forward to our review of that later on. Uh, now to what we really want to talk about here, and that is the two games that we wanted to highlight that are on Kickstarter right now. Woo-woo, Kickstarter! Yeah, as many of you know, I back a lot of things on Kickstarter. <laughs> but as of now, I have not yet been disappointed by any games other than a game that I was not really looking forward to anyway which is exploding kittens but um that was just a game that i bought because i was you know wanted to jump on the bandwagon see maybe on some some way it was a good game but i mean exploding kittens yeah i mean it's not bad it's not it's not a horrible game but it's not a game that i will like pick up and say hey let's let's play this yeah but anyway kickstarter is a wonderful place to support yeah I mean, as uh, of the games that we talked about so far, I I backed both Scythe and Islebound on Kickstarter. Shadow Rift is also a Kickstarter game. So I mean, three of the games that we got to play a lot of today, uh, or talk to uh, talk about a lot today, they were Kickstarter games. Plus a lot of my other favorite games recently. So the first game that we really want to talk about is Thwarted. Thwarted. <laughs> It was a game that we got to try out. Uh, the two of us got to try out in person with the designer. Yeah. Um, at MegaCon, so we were in Florida. I was there to play some volleyball, and Jen came to watch and also visit with her parents. So we got to play thwarted at MegaCon there, which just so happened to be right next door to my volleyball uh, volleyball tournament. And this is my first con ever. Yes. So. And of course, Jacob managed to find the board game room. Yeah, it was small, but it was there. <laughs> <laughs> so thwarted was, I think, the the standout of that uh, the convention uh, mm-hmm. convention for us because it was a game about being a supervillain. Yeah, not a superhero, a supervillain. In fact, you are trying to kill the superheroes. Mm-hmm. You are trying to defeat them. And uh, that is where the fun part comes in because you have your super, the superheroes that are out, 
and then you as a supervillain have to try to defeat them. And you have cards in your hand. You, you start with a, a hand of five cards. And um, you get to use those cards. They have different colors. Um, and superheroes have different vulnerabilities and different strengths. So there are some superheroes um, like the winged rat. I wonder what that is a reference to. Uh, and he has no vulnerabilities because he knows how to plan. Uh, and again references uh and so he has to have one of each color in order to get defeated so there are five different colors you have to have one card of each color in order to defeat him and you can't have any doubles there are other ones like uh the their impersonation of the incredible hulk uh which you can't defeat with uh radiation or nuclear energy because he's powered by nuclear energy and so you have to but he's weak to cosmic energy or something of that sort so um because of that like you have to you have a different kind of strategy for that and each of the cards not only are they colored cards just for defeating superheroes they can also mess with and thwart your other super villains which is kind of the real fun part of this game is because these cards to thwart your opponents um, they're they're just insane. Yeah. Like you are literally between like I think we played with at least when I played there, there's three people mm-hmm. and like we were switching hands, we were redealing each other's hands. So literally yeah. what you had at that moment in like one or two plays may not even be in your hand yep. when it got back to your turn. Um, exactly. it was just crazy. You were just flipping cards all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, stealing cards, everything, and like you, you also, uh, you also have uh, specific supervillains that you can play, and this is an expansion, uh, like uh, an extra pack that you can get on Kickstarter. It will be available in the retail release as well, but it's going to be like it's not part of the base game. But I think that this this really makes it shine because you can be the supervillain and use your superpower. Mm-hmm. Which uh, can also like would, can totally mess with all the different uh, people's hands, but you also have a nemesis. Yes, as a superhero. So if you actually manage to defeat your nemesis, you get an extra three infamy points. And these games usually went to I think somewhere between twelve and eighteen points. I think so. Were the winners? So an extra three points is quite a large number in that in that sense. So, but then as like an opponent, and you see that you know the arch nemesis of someone mm-hmm. who's playing comes up, then you want to make sure do everything you can to keep them from to yeah. thwart them yes. from yeah. defeating their arch nemesis. Exactly, and uh, you're playing different cards. They have thwarted cards, which which thwart the other uh, supervillains' uh, plans. So if someone plays like one of the cards that reshuffles the entire all the hands or something like that, you're gonna. Be, I don't want that and place your thwarted card. Um, or if you if you want to uh, thwart someone someone actually going after a superhero, you can p- place either a minion or a sidekick card, which means that you pretty much threw a minion or a sidekick at their attack, and so they they managed to hit the minion slash sidekick, but they didn't get the villain or, or the superhero. So uh, that way they they still get a boost for that, but they don't actually get the the, the superhero that they were going for. Mm-hmm. The other interesting part about this is how the cards uh, cycle. So you have uh, the superheroes, which are, I believe, five of them are out at a time. And then if the first player, if no one actually uh, defeats a superhero by the time the uh, the next 
the next turn of that same player comes around. So if I were the first player, it went around the table again and to me, and no one had, um, at the end of my turn, no one had actually defeated a superhero. Then the last superhero actually gets flipped and put on the bottom of the superhero deck, and you take away cards from the, the regular deck, you cycle them based on how, what the power and slash victory points on, on, the, uh, on that superhero are. Which means that you go through the deck faster, and which means the game ends faster. Because the game ends when either the superhero or the, the uh, power deck are run out. You don't get any extra cards after that. Once it's gone, it's gone. Uh, and then that initiates the last uh, the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So that is an also an interesting mechanic. So it incentivizes you trying to go for a superhero, or at least someone trying to go for a superhero within one round. So that they uh, so that it doesn't cycle and you don't lose cards and you don't lose time, mm-hmm. um, and I just really enjoyed the game itself. Mm-hmm. And the designer was really really a cool guy as well. Um, yeah. He kind of showed us the artwork, like his attempt at the artwork, and then he showed you know, and then you can compare and you're like, it's a good thing you hired an artist. <laughs> um, yes, he, but he, it was, he knew that himself. So yeah, it was, it's not like we're making fun of him. He, he no, was, uh, it was he. He literally said that. Um, yeah, this is uh, Lloyd Kochinka, uh, by the way, and uh, thanks, Lloyd, for a great, uh, great time teaching us how to play toward it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. And uh, yeah, so we got to play it with him. He showed us. He, he tested out some of the new mod- the the super villains on us too. Mm-hmm. Um, the artwork for this game is a lot of fun. Yeah. We really enjoyed the the different super villains and the superheroes, and just getting the references to the different superheroes. Like there's like the uh, there's at least one like speedster. So uh, I forget what his name is, but it's making a joke of, of the Flash. There's you know the joke about the Batman, uh, Iceman, who is a Soviet um, uh, ice uh, sight, I think, or something like that. Um, and so there are a lot of different superhero, uh, superheroes that you can defeat. And the supervillains are also a lot of fun. And um, I think that the artwork itself really fits the game. And it's yeah. very corny. It's very uh, superhero-y and like comics, the comic book style. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And the game is very simple. This is the kind of game that I could see playing with a, a group of people, like just new people, never never really played board games much, mm-hmm. or just you know after drinking a little bit. I think that people would love this kind of game. Oh yeah, like this would this would be hilarious to play with uh, with uh, after a few drinks. I'm sure, um, and just in general, like when you have a very laid back like, atmosphere, I think this is a fun light game, and. It's right now on Kickstarter. You can get the the base game for uh, fifteen dollars, which is really really reasonable for a game that of this uh, yeah. this type. And if you want to include the villain powers, uh, which you do, which you do, so you, it's twenty five dollars for the game and villain powers, uh, plus any of the promo cards on Kickstarter. So I highly recommend checking it out. It was definitely the highlight of uh, MegaCon for me and. I backed it the moment that uh, that it came out. You should was, put a link in. Yes, I, I will be putting a link in the Kickstarter description uh, and all of the social media. You've probably seen seen it on Facebook already. I've posted about it a few times. But I really hope that you guys check it out. Um, so, yeah, take a look at that. And it's closing soon. So August 11th is the last day of, uh, that it's up on Kickstarter. 
So take a look quickly and uh, back it. I highly recommend it. Now the other Kickstarter game that I, that I want to talk about and plug is also ended, ending in four days, so August 11th, and that is Near and Far. So I mentioned this earlier. It is the sequel to Above and Below. And when he told me this, he's like, oh, there's a sequel above, above, and below. And I'm like, that's great. What's it called? Near and far. And I just, I laughed a little too long at that. Um, above and below, near and far, you know. I, I do know. like puns, but I was just like, that's great. Yep. So this is another storytelling game. Uh, this, one, this time you are exploring a, um, pretty much exploring the map and trying to find a treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, it also has a whole storybook for it and everything. So you have the different encounters again. Um, and you have your, your person and you're trying to um, find, a, go through and over, I believe, a few different games, you're, you're going to look for this treasure. So it is, it looks like to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I loved Above and Below. Uh, the artwork is still phenomenal, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, and the gameplay of Above and Below has been amazing. And since this is going to be a similar type of gameplay, I really can't wait to, to get my hands on this. Uh, I know that Above and Below was a huge hit in my game group. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is going to be just a continuation of it. It looks like he's added a few different interesting um, things to, to the game where you're searching for something rather than building a town, which is, which is new. And I think that that's uh, quite, quite good. Well, even I, in Above and Below, you're still going on yeah. searches. Yeah, I think that he took the, the aspect of Above and Below, which is going into the caves and like finding that. And I think he really expanded on it. Okay. Because uh, it's actually pretty interesting because your characters, you gain um, power, uh, different powers and things like that that you keep between games. So you can actually develop your character as you play the game. Oh, neat. It's, it's not to the point where it's like a Pandemic Legacy where you have to, you know, you're, you're really changing the game that much, but... But you do have uh, little subtles. Yeah, you have you have some subtle like additions, things that stay um, stay the same. Some things that you are able to change and add and, and do things. So that's the other plug that I wanted to do for uh, near and far. Um, and yeah, I hope that you check that one out too. That one's well, they've they've done pretty well for themselves. It's four hundred five thousand dollars at the moment pledged uh, out of their twenty five thousand dollar goal, so it's they're going pretty well. And I think if, especially if you pledge now, you'll get some really cool stretch goals. Um, and with that, I think that uh, that's about it for today. Oh yes, one other thing, um, Washington is coming up. Or two other things, actually. Before I forget. Washington's coming up uh, on September 10th and 11th of this year. And it is going to be a blast. We have, so far, um, a lot of different people coming. Game designers, people. Bully Pulpit Games is going to be there. We have um, Looney Labs is going to be there. Um, The designer of, um, uh, of games like the... Um, Twilight Struggle is going to be there. We've got a lot of other designers coming by who are, are all going to be uh, 
going to be there. We're going to be doing interviews. We're going to be playing games with them. Um, we've got a lot of a big game library. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be play to play it to win it games. There's going to be raffles. There's it's um, going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Pretty much is what I'm saying. Two full days of board games. And it's only forty five dollars to get in at the moment, which I, is like the cost of like one board game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And instead, you get to play many, 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 many board games. Yes, with lots of really cool people. Exactly, and uh, the board game library is gonna uh, we're gonna have uh, from Labyrinth. Thank you very much, the Labyrinth, for sponsoring the event again. Labyrinth, you're awesome. And we, as Dragon Demise, are also sponsoring the event, so we'll be there. We'll be uh, doing uh, live shows on uh, at WashingtonCon. So come in, uh, come sit down with us, and we will uh, be talking to the different board game designers. And um, and uh, yeah, so. Get the tickets quick before they sell out. It's going to be in Georgetown, Washington, D.C. So we really hope to see you there. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to do is announce that uh, my friend Greg is going to be joining me as a partner for Dragon's Demise. So he is going to be on a lot more often. We're probably going to do, be doing some changes to the podcast. But I'm really looking forward to working with him from now on about uh, the podcast and just anything that we're doing. So look forward to seeing more of us there. Uh, we'll probably be doing some YouTube videos. We'll be doing some, uh, might be even doing some streaming on Twitch. Uh, so just we're going to be developing more and just getting our podcast to really, really shine. So I hope that you guys tune in next time and hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening.